This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with a hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hey, won't you play another somebody done somebody wrong song? No circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comfortable. So if you weren't familiar with what I just played there, um, that first song was uh, another done somebody wrong song by BJ Thomas. And then the other clip was from uh, Stay by Justin Bieber and The the Kid Lorelei. Those were the two songs that were popular when Saigon fell and when Afghanistan, uh, Kabul fell. Uh, And then you heard President Biden speak about this will not look like Saigon, except it kind of does. So I've gone through a range of emotions the last two days since this all happened, probably before that, too. Um, and it was other topics I wanted to talk about and maybe we'll get to them. Maybe we won't, but I, I, I've read everything I can read. Um, let me preface this. My wife works with an international company. She works for an international company and they had employees, former employees trying to get out of Afghanistan. And she's been working on trying to get them into the refugee, the, the SIV, uh, refugee status. It's been gut wrenching to hear some of the stories and and read some of the emails and and know what's going on um, for some of these people. And I don't purport to to even remotely understand their feelings and their emotions going through this, but just reading some of this and the pleading and the begging help us. Um, it's been it's been hard to <laughs> it's been hard to hear that. Um, and I, I sit I sit here thinking, what would I have done in Joe Biden's position? What would I have done in Donald Trump's position, Barack Obama, George W. Bush? I, I and you can speak up anytime, Tony, but I, I just feel as though we haven't learned anything, in my opinion. We've learned nothing on the world stage. I think individually we learn, and I think from our mistakes we can learn and we can grow. I don't think as a country we we grasp those concepts. I don't think we learn what it means to be a valued partner. Um, and I, I look I look at South Vietnam, and we made a lot of mistakes. And we didn't go into that conflict with the right process, the the desire to win, the desire to actually make things work. And I feel like we did a lot of that same thing in Afghanistan. I don't know what the mission, whether it was mission creep or just ill-defined mission. And I read some things that said, you know, we should have just gone in and taken out Al Qaeda in 2001 and and been done with it. I read some other things for 20 years, we kept the Taliban from reorganizing and purporting to export terror across the world. And I can see it from both sides. And I don't know if maintaining a force of 2,500 or 5,000 or whatever it was is worth the blood and treasure. Um, but I know what's going to happen to those left behind. And it, what saddens me is we do this other places in the world. Come, come help us. Come help us. We're the good guys. We're the good guys. And then we cut and run. We cut and run and we leave these people high and dry with really no, no alternative other than to try to do the, get out there themselves or they try to, um, go back to whatever they can, but knowing that their, their lives are in terror right now. Um, and it's, it's because they helped us. And if you're a woman or a girl, your lives are in terror simply because you're a woman and a girl in, in that society. Um, I'll let you talk Tenny. go ahead. Is there anything you want to say about this? Well, I will say that the primary emotion 
that I have had for the last couple of days uh, is basically Fury. Mm-hmm. Watching this disgrace unfold. <clears throat> and I think we need to be, at least for my purposes, very clear on exactly what I think we should be discussing. So we can have a much broader conversation right now about the justification or non-justification of being in Afghanistan for the last 20 years mm-hmm. and whether or not we should have been there, whether or not we should have pulled out to me, it is a complete deflection and moral abdication to be discussing this at the level of, well, were we nation building? Was it ever prudent? That's not the issue. Okay, The issue for today and for the foreseeable future is not whether it was folly to be in Afghanistan. There are legitimate positions on both sides of that equation. You alluded to some of them. No, the question for today is the issue that must be confronted is the manner in which this administration has decided to leave. It's not mm-hmm. it's not about should we be out. And I want to talk at some length about Joe Biden's utterly disgraceful speech which is nothing less than I would have expected of that vacant cipher. But to allow anyone to sort of turn the conversation into some sort of referendum on what we should have been doing for the last 20 years. No, I want to talk about how this abject failure, this betrayal, this chaotic, incompetent withdrawal was ever allowed to proceed in this fashion. So it's not about, should we leave? It's not about, Should we have maintained 2,500 troops there indefinitely? It's about right now, supposedly the most sophisticated intelligence gathering apparatus in the world and the most competent military. And by the way, I'm not blaming the military. This is purely the suits in the Biden administration and primarily Joe Biden. There's been reports and, of course, who knows what's trustworthy, that he ignored the advice of his military in terms of how he was going about this. No, Joe Biden owns this. He decided it didn't matter, come hell or high water, we're leaving. And we're leaving in such a way that we are abandoning our people, we are abandoning military assets, we are abandoning the Bagram Air Force Base. We are just... It's the last chopper out of Vietnam scenario. And we are doing this without providing air cover. And we're doing it incredibly in a fashion where we're leaving, but we actually haven't secured the safety of American citizens and the Afghans, who, as you correctly noted, who have spent years risking their lives fighting alongside us, who are now facing the prospect of imminent torture, rape, and murder by Islamic theocrats who are among the most brutal people on earth. We are consigning them to death. And to listen to Joe Biden spew his cretinous bile, which accepted, oh, he, he, he gave the boilerplate the buck stops with me. All evidence to the contrary, as the remainder of his speech, of course, after which he took no questions because he's incapable of answering any substantive question about this policy, in which he blamed everyone but himself, and in which he perversely claimed that somehow he had accomplished something in doing this. He is a disgusting disgrace. And anyone who wants to defend that speech and somehow defend what has gone on here, we have abjectly betrayed these people. Again, this isn't about should we ultimately be out of Afghanistan. Donald Trump was planning to be out of Afghanistan. And we can even talk about this pathetic excuse that, oh, well, we were, we were, our hands are tied. Really, Joe, because your administration within milliseconds has reversed every single existing policy of the prior administration as if it never existed. And yet Mm -hmm. somehow on this one, your hands were tied. And by the way, the Trump administration didn't have a plan in place that said, we're going to cut and run in the most chaotic, disorganized, 
ass backwards fashion that you can imagine. That wasn't, where was that plan, Joe? No, that was your decision to do this, apparently against the weight of even your own advisors. So this entire episode is a shameful stain on this country, and it is entirely at the feet of this administration. It couldn't be more well said. I have read um, from the apologist for Joe Biden that that speech was presidential and showed true leadership, which harkens me back to other discussions we've had where you hear the words, but the actions are false in comparison to the words, and you continue to read the words as though, again, mean tweets are bad, but saying the right word is somehow okay when your actions are horrendous in this situation so well, and by the way it, you know what yeah. i perhaps agree with that uh presidential meaning like a castro brother uh, like kim jong yes i agree yes. it was very presidential if that's what the weasley word is supposed to mean i mean first of all it's telling the language that was employed there uh mm-hmm. because it could mean pretty much anything and it wasn't presidential or statesmanlike, and it was deeply deeply dishonest which is par for the course. Again, we we spent years listening to moral tirades about the liar in chief. Joe Biden is as inveterate and practiced a liar who has ever occupied that office. And anyone who wants to argue that he is somehow better than Trump on that score is frankly either lying or not paying attention. Well, or, or doesn't hated Trump so much that they're willing to overlook all of Biden's yeah, they're just incapable, incapable yeah. of evaluating the reality of what this guy represents. Yeah, and I think that's where we're all stuck. Now, let's go back to uh, let's go back to Trump. Trump did have a whatever you call it, a treaty, whatever you can. T- when you sign a treaty with people who don't keep the treaty, did you really have a treaty? I, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, but they were supposed to pull out uh, May first. And Biden extended it to September 1st. So his argument that we were stuck realize what you said. He changed literally everything else he wanted to whenever he felt like it. And he didn't abide by the May 1st deadline anyway. Um, my contention would be, I don't know if this would have happened. The same thing would have happened had Trump pulled out on May 1st, had he won the election and pulled out on May 1st. I would hope that anybody with half a functioning cerebral cortex would recognize you don't just abandon everything and then walk away and think there's going to be no repercussions. Oh, and let me, let me add here. We think there's still 11,000 American citizens in Afghanistan. We don't know, but we're pulling out anyway, but but we don't know. So maybe they're there, maybe they're not, but it, it, it well, and now we're, we're literally in a position, we're literally in a position as a, allegedly the most powerful nation on earth where we are depending on the good graces of the Taliban to <laughs> yeah. allow American citizens to exit the country. Because if the Taliban decides they're not going to be permitted to leave, we have no ability to, to do anything about that. We will be in Jimmy Carter land on steroids in terms of a hostage situation. And again, that doesn't even speak to the desperation and terror of the people who have worked with us side by side, who we are yet again now placing in a position where they are being hunted door to door and are going to face essentially execution. Yeah. And that might be merciful if that's what they get absent anything else. You're not going to see you're not going to see any stories about those people on CNN. You might be able to find YouTube videos of them after they've been decapitated by these barbarians. And yet Joe Biden evinces no understanding, nothing about what he has unleashed on, on these people. And here's another point that needs to be made. So Joe Biden, out of one side of his mouth, basically three to four weeks ago, was assuring the American people that we had equipped the Afghan (laughs) army, uh, that they were going to be able to stand on their own. And you heard people like Blinken and and, uh, who's it, Milley, uh, Mm -hmm. saying, 
look, you know, our intelligence services, which by the way, why would anyone trust our intelligence services at this point? We're assuring us there's not going to be a precipitous route where at least 90 days out, they can stand on their own. Now, here's the thing. That, of course, was woefully false. Okay. Sure. But here's the other point. Then Joe Biden in his speech, after supposedly claiming that we had somehow built some level of stability within the Afghan government, okay, this very tenuous situation, but nevertheless, the status quo was stable, now tries to claim that, no, 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 it was a disaster, they weren't going to fight, and since they won't fight, and since they're collapsing, we have to go. Which is it, Joe? Which, <laughs> which version of reality are we supposed to believe at this stage? And the other point to be made is, he played up which I knew that he would do, the idea that I'm not going to have another American serviceman or woman dying on foreign soil for this mission. It's time to bring them home. Rah, rah. Okay, that's great, Joe, if I believe that you meant any of that. But here's the point. I think what most American service people want to hear and what their loved ones and families want to hear, they're willing they have chosen to make a sacrifice for us, the ultimate sacrifice. What they want is to not be kneecapped by our own government and told, oh, you know what? The 2,000 or 2,300 that have already given their lives for this mission, that was pointless. So sorry. Oh, and now I am forced to send in, what are we at, 6,000 troops? Yep. So yep. we're now placing double the amount of men and women in our armed forces in harm's way in order to fix the cluster that Joe Biden has initiated by this horrendously planned abdication. So you're really concerned about the troops and in attempting to cover your political malfeasance, you've doubled the number of Americans who are in harm's way right now. It without is, equipment. Without, without equipment, equipment behind them. So it, it, it is it is beyond disgraceful, and I I am literally seething, and I mm -hmm. have absolutely no tolerance for anyone. And and here's the thing: you want to talk about Trump? That's a counterfactual. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what Donald Trump would have done. I don't actually believe that Donald Trump would have been this idiotic. But had he been, and had he done what Joe Biden has done, I would be savaging him in just the same way, and he would deserve every ounce of contempt and scorn for this completely cowardly and almost galactically incompetent exercise. It is unfathomable to me. So if we, if we hearken back to last fall, uh, we were told Joe Biden is a return to normalcy. Joe Biden's got vast international experience. Trump is a buffoon, can't find his way, can't even find the State Department Biden basically created it. He was on the uh, uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I, I knew that was a lie then. I think anybody, again, with a functioning brain knew that was a lie then. I'm not saying Trump was, you know, uh, Churchill on the world stage. But Biden certainly was not either. And to, to build him up to be something he obviously was not, and uh, – uh, wasn't it Robert Gates? Wasn't it Robert Gates, Obama's Secretary of Defense, who said that Biden has gotten every single meaningful yes. foreign policy decision for the last forty years wrong? It was so, actually Leon Panetta. Leon Panetta said that. No, I think it was Gates, but whoever whoever it was that said it was actually correct. And yes. so, to your point, the idea that Joe Biden is some foreign policy savant was always a laughable lie. Everyone, yes. okay, just think about this. Joe Biden, recent history, Joe Biden opposed the raid to get Osama bin Laden. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden opposed the surge in Iraq when mm -hmm. the Bush administration made some terrible mistakes. And so Biden initially opposed the surge, which actually stabilized that country and then took credit for supporting the surge. And if you go back even further, and we can have a discussion about the Iraq war, but Joe mm -hmm. Biden supported the Iraq war, which by the way, almost every member of the hive mind that constitutes the US media think that that is apparently sufficient to be called a war criminal. So apparently Joe Biden was a war criminal and Joe Biden was even wrong as far back as Vietnam. Yes. He has been 
fundamentally misguided and wrong about every single thing. And the idea that he, again, was coming into office with some track record of success is just pure fantasy. It it always has been. I I think it's fair to say if Joe Biden is for it, you should be in the opposite direction. Almost exclusively, if Biden thinks it's a good idea, it's most likely a bad idea for you and everybody you know. That's the the long and short of his entire career is screwed up, has no clue what he's doing. I don't know why the people of Delaware elected him so many times. I'm not sure how 81 million people elected him to the presidency because I'm not seeing any value to this man. Uh, What does Ben Shapiro call it? He's an oxygen thief. He's stealing oxygen from people who actually could use it because he does not use it. He has no functioning brain cells to, to make anything work. And that's sad to say about our president. You know, Michelle Obama was famous for saying she was never proud of the United States until they elected her husband. I'm disgusted with 81 million people because they elected this person and they elected his vice president, who's also clueless. Uh, You can say a lot about Donald Trump. You know, you can you can rail against anything you feel like because it's probably true in, in the negative for him. I don't think Mike Pence. Mike Pence doesn't inspire a lot of confidence from me personally i think he's a nice guy but he wasn't charismatic enough for me to you know follow him through the breach but he at least seemed competent i don't see competence here i was told competence is returning to washington i was told that this is a great group of people who can put this all together i saw anthony blinken on tv on sunday he sounded like a moron i'm sorry he He's saying things that are factually wrong as the video's playing, and he's saying them as though we're all stupid and can't see that. We can't understand what's going on. That, that reporter from CNN, uh, Clarissa Ward, who said, yes, they're shouting death to America, but otherwise they're rather nice. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you talking we, about? We literally have people from our State Department who are publicly um, asking the Taliban – Yes. Please, please be inclusive and uh, essentially woke in the formation of your new government. Because, you know, Nancy Pelosi is concerned about these people are delusional. Wow. Anyone who would go and publicly make that kind of statement, the idea that that is even within the realm of possibility they should be as far away from the levers of power as they can be sent. Send them to, on SpaceX to the, to the next galaxy. And yet they're with a straight face sitting there entreating the Taliban. Listen, um, we would really like to see some representation for women in your new democratic yeah. republic. Are you insane Jeez. I, I read that. I read the State Department's statement. Um, I, I want to take you back to June of this year. Um, and the uh, embassy in Kabul was flying a gay pride flag and put out more propaganda around LGBTQ community in Afghanistan. And two months later, the, we're, we're gone because we couldn't hold on to it. So it kind of begs the question, what were they doing there and why couldn't they have any idea what was going to happen now i did read something ben shapiro was talking about this and i i've seen some other sources on this biden kept talking about the air force we left them and all that but we took away anybody who could actually maintain the the air fleet and we would not allow any contractors to go back in to help service the air fleet so we effectively created a mirror or at least an amalgam of what Afghanistan's uh, army and air force should look like based on ours. And then we took away the air force and it said, well, they got 300,000 people. They should be able to do whatever they want. But as you pointed out earlier, we, we used to call in airstrikes. Well, they couldn't call in airstrikes. We wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, has anyone even addressed the fact just, I mean, there's so many just tactical blunders here. Why, why did we precipitously abandon Bagram air force base? Right has after, anyone even flight. attempted just, just, just gone. Okay, before again, before we have any actual plan to get American citizens and NGOs and all of our friends who are over there out of the oh no, we're just we're just abandoning that. So the one the one place where we can actually project air power where we can 
provide that kind of support for ongoing removal from the country. I mean, has that question even been asked? It has not. What is the, and I don't think, and here's the thing, I don't think there's an answer to it other than Joe Biden had his pudding cup and decided this is what we're doing. And when people told him, Joe, that's that's kind of a bad idea, you know, uh, things might go downhill. I don't care. We need to be out and we're going to be out because I'm the man. And oh, and the other thing is, would the, would anyone have tolerated the president in his in his bunker on vacation at Camp David, staring blankly in an empty room at you know the situation showing up? reading for 20 minutes off a teleprompter, taking, of course, no questions. Now, again, we all fundamentally understand that Joe Biden is incapable of actually extemporaneously answering answering any question about this decision, so they're not going to allow him to. But if that had been Donald Trump in the aftermath of this, he would have been properly savaged as abdicating his responsibility, as refusing to level with the American people, as being incapable of even explaining what has gone wrong and it, and our friend and others like him would have spent days railing about oh presidential no no it would have been it would have been the apocalypse it would have been yet another example of why he has blundered us into one of the worst debacles in american history and if you think that wouldn't be the narrative you haven't been paying attention well you're 100% right uh, you bring up that photo and I've read a couple of different places that there's concern that might have been a stock photo because if you look at the clocks in the background, you can see that Moscow and Beijing are two hours apart and currently they should be three hours apart, that this might have occurred at a different time of year when that picture was taken. So it might not actually be uh, from Sunday. I don't know if that's true if you put stock in that or not. I don't know that it really matters if if it was taken on Sunday or taken four months ago, it doesn't really change anything. I, I question, um, we were told over and over again by general, uh, Milley that he thought there was going to be a, a insurrection in January when Trump lost the election and, and he was going to incite the, the populace to attack. Sure. And- general Milley has been, has been focused like a laser on the problem of white rage Yes, that's his, that's his key calling. It is. But here's my point. He was willing to go to his army lieutenants and ger- generals and say, we need to stop this if this happens. Did nobody push back with any authority and say, you know what, Mr. Biden, President Biden, we think that is a disastrous decision. We are going to invoke the 25th Amendment because obviously you don't know what you're doing. You, you do not have your faculties about you. Did anybody step up and say, no, that is wrong. And we're not, that's a, that's an unlawful order. What you're doing, because in in military code of justice, if it's an unlawful order, you're not required to follow it. What was lawful about what he did and what he ordered? Because you said before, this was a man who said, I'd go against all my advice. I'm doing this. Now, why do you have advisors if they all tell you do something opposite and you don't do it? Now, you can say that's presidential, and I'm, I'm the leader, and the buck stops here, which are all good words, um, not invented by Joe, because the buck stops here was from Truman, but it's plagiarism, Joe, so it's not really shocking. But nobody sta- nobody says, yes, we. there's reports that said we told him, no, we shouldn't do that. But nobody did anything. Nobody. At all. Is that is that an indictment of the leadership of our country from Biden down. Look, the people back with Trump, back with Biden. The people that are around Joe Biden understand that he is in the throes of ongoing cognitive decline of some sort. It is it's impossible to ignore. And so they've apparently just made a pact along with the media that we just won't mention it. The emperor is wearing a suit of fine gold. Um as it relates to Biden's, and again, we don't know all the details of, of how he no. was advised. No. Let's assume that some of these reports are accurate, that people were telling him, his generals, people on the ground, maybe perhaps the CIA, um, it's a really bad idea uh, to for you to yank everybody right now. It's going to collapse. You shouldn't do that. 
And Biden said, I don't really care. I'm playing five-dimensional hungry hippos, and so we're going to do what I want. Now, within our system, the president has the right to completely ignore the advice of his generals and his cabinet and any of his advisors. However, in so doing, he also should be paying a massive political price uh, for the outcome of what now has turned out to be a, a gravely disastrous chain of decisions. And by the way, it's going to get worse. Okay, we're not hmm. even close to being through the ramifications of this. We haven't even touched on the signals <laughs> that this is sending to all of our very interested geopolitical enemies around the globe, including not just China, but Iran, but North Korea, and of course Russia. They are weighing us in the balance and finding us laughably wanting. And if you don't think that this is not going to have implications for, let's say, how China decides to continue dealing with Taiwan or mm -hmm. how an emboldened uh, Islamic crescent in terms of al-Qaeda and the Taliban and the Islamic State are going to view their ability to potentially wage continued terror war on the West, well, then you're a fool. Because here's yeah. the one thing that we do know. And we can agree or disagree about Donald Trump's policy. I think his decision to negotiate with the Taliban was, was misguided. You don't negotiate with these people. You certainly don't agree to have their terrors, terrorist release. But nevertheless, what we do know is I think for the last 18 months in that country, uh, which will always be uh, just embroiled in this, we're never going to fix it there, right? The, the problems are too intractable. I don't think a single U.S. service person has died in the last 18 months. So there was, there was a fragile and certainly um, something that would have had to have been temporary status quo that existed there. Well, that has been blown to smithereens. And what is to come is now inarguably going to be worse because we know that there is going to be bloodshed, there's potentially going to be hostages, there are huge consequences for the region. What do you think Israel is thinking right now? Um, <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. And, and all of this, again, all of this is self-inflicted because Joe Biden apparently decided, I want what I want, and I'm going to go forward with this cockamamie plan, and then I'm going to go out and attempt to spin it in just an act of complete moral cowardice as this is actually a win for us. Disgraceful. Yeah. I don't, I will say this. I don't think Joe Biden, if he was in his right mind at any point in this decision-making process, I don't think he thought the the Afghan army would collapse and melt away. But again, I, I point back to South Vietnam, that army, the army of the Republic of South Vietnam, they, they melted away in April of 75. We're hearing reports that the, the Afghan army was paid to just surrender. I mean, it, it feels as though to your point, the intelligence community didn't really know what they were going on or, and this might be true too. They told the president the truth and then had, he had people leak to say that something else was going to happen. 90 days. I mean, what was I it? find it. I find it difficult days. to believe. I find it difficult to believe that so many people in the Biden administration uh, were told, "Yeah, this is going to be an epic fail." Right? There's going to be a calamity right. within within hours. So, I actually believe that the our intelligence agencies, for whatever reason, had no idea what was going on on the ground. To your point. Many of these tribal warlords, um, they were just being paid off yeah. to say, listen, just, just walk away. Okay, we're coming back in. And so for, for the number of pronouncements and the level of confidence with which these people were saying, no, 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 there's nothing imminent. It's not going to be Saigon. Maybe they're 90 days away um, if everything would go wrong. And, and literally to have it happen in the space of basically 72 hours demonstrates mm -hmm. that there was abject failure of our yep. intelligence agencies. And I think there should be some major heads rolling in those agencies as well. How did you get this so wrong? How? 
And I, I know that we look back at 9-11 and we would say we lost our on-the-ground intelligence. We were try, trying to rely on satellites and computers and spy taps. We didn't have the on-the-ground. I think we had on-the-ground in Afghanistan, and I think the people they were talking to were being paid and saying what we wanted to hear. I, I truly believe we had no concept of what was truly going on, and we never did. For 20 years, we did not know what was going on in that country. And as long as they could play both sides, they did. And I think that's that's a microcosm of the country of Afghanistan. It's not we, – we run into – and you talked earlier about nation building. And I, I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of the nation building concept. I, I think Nor am we, I. Try to impose, we try to impose our way of doing things and think everybody else should want that. And we have no concept of their history. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't give them the tools to create a democratic nation if they choose, but to be in there and force it down. Think about what we've done in our, let's say, the 20th century, because that's really when nation building from, from our standpoint started. Japan, you could say that's a, probably a success. Uh, Vietnam, no, not a success. The Philippines, eh, questionable at best. Uh, South Korea is only South Korea because we still have a military presence there. And that's the rub right there. We, we couldn't leave 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. Whether or not that would have been sufficient, whether or not things would have status quo, I don't know. But we have troops in over 100 countries in the world. Having 2,500 in Afghanistan is not a huge number uh, from, from our military. So to say now we're in 99 countries, well, that doesn't, it doesn't wash for me. And, and Biden's statement i don't want to pass this off to fifth president i think he had in his mind i'm going to do this regardless of whatever happens i don't think he truly thought it would happen 72 hours but i don't think he really cared truthfully i i I think he's sad on the face of it because he's supposed to be sad but i don't think he really cares i think he has disdain for the military i think he's always had disdain for the military i think most of his administration has disdain for the military including some of the leaders in the military they don't really like the rank and file they think they're trump no mouth breathers. So they don't really care for them. That's my opinion. I'm, I'm not going to say that's a, a factual base for this, but the contempt with which military and police and, and other people like that, they, they, they really don't have any desire to like them. They say the things that they think will get them votes from those people. I mean, Biden praised the military, but he kind of didn't really help them at all. It didn't help them feel better about what their mission had been. It just it's disgraceful on its face. And I really want to talk about the ramifications of this outside of the Afghan people, which is horrendous and horrible. I am concerned that we've we've done another ISIS creation, um, the Taliban stronger, faster, able to leave tall buildings. And we've given them equipment that they didn't have, whether or not they can maintain it, whether or not they can use it. I'm sure they'll get an influx of people who can figure out how to use it because that's what happens. Uh, I read somewhere, did we leave a a stray nuke lying around somewhere? That would be something idiotic and stupid to have done, but not totally implausible from, from this administration. But what, what are the long-term repercussions from a terror standpoint and from a geopolitical standpoint? Because I think that is the, those are the two things to me, you've created a, a, a haven for recruitment. We look, weak we look ineffective we look like we did after vietnam and can we come back from it i don't know depends on the leadership of this country under biden no but does 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 china and russia now come in and become an influence in the air i i I can't imagine russia would but you just never know (laughs) it it would seem i mean in terms of what what russia is going to do i think it's unquestionable um our enemies they also see the weakness Mm-hmm. They see that we have a doddering fool uh, who mm-hmm. is is president, who, who again, literally uh, is barely oriented to place and time in certain mm-hmm. situations. And anyone who, who denies that, again, if they have watched Joe Biden over the last year and a half, they're just lying. They're mm-hmm. just lying. Now, I don't know why they're lying. In the same way that someone who would say that Donald Trump is – uh, a man of fidelity to his wife and of the highest moral character. Well, you're just lying. Uh, Donald yeah. Trump never says anything 
uh, that is inflammatory or otherwise petty or juvenile on Twitter. Well, you're lying. And anyone who says that Joe Biden looks hale and fit and mentally uh, ready to go, sharp, sharp as a knife, you're lying. So I don't know why you're lying, but given that, everyone who is not lying can see that, including our enemies. And so there will be, I think, continued envelope pushing in a variety of theaters by a variety of our of our foes, because why would they not? If yeah. for no other reason than to see, for instance, if you're China, well, let's just see how far we can push this Taiwan thing while this bozo yeah. sits on the ineffectual and feckless throne who just allowed essentially a group of 7th century uh, medieval <clears throat> religious supremacists to walk through the American military, which abdicated an entire country in the space of 72 hours. So, yeah. oh, and by the way, why would Russia not attempt some some geopolitical gamesmanship at a minimum when they already have a president who is allowing them the Nord Stream pipeline, right? Again, this is the hilarity of and the cognitive dissonance where we supposedly had a guy who was Russia's sock puppet, yet all of his policies relating to Russia are actually things that Russia hated, like strangling their oil production and everything that the current wise, moderate, anti-Russia guy is doing is making Putin dance a jig. Someone's going to have to explain that to me uh, because all the things that he's doing are actually exactly what you would do if you were a cat's paw for Putin. So yes, I don't know that we can predict. And I do agree with you that there is now a dramatically increased risk of creating a new haven for ongoing terrorist activities by all the usual suspects. Uh, Remember, all of these people that were in prison there are now free as a Mm -hmm. bird to continue with their life's work. So it is a disaster from pretty much every angle that you look at it. And I, uh, I think that there is worse in store on many levels. So I, I think we're seeing, and people said this before, the third term of Obama which we've talked about in the past was really to, to denigrate the U S and bring us down. Uh, I, I do, I do not think that Barack Obama loves America. I love, I think he loves what America did for him, but I don't think he has any love for America regardless of what his words are. And again, I don't, I don't track words. I track actions and his actions say he's that America is contemptible to him and to his family. I think Obama, or I think Biden is being manipulated because I don't, I don't think, I don't think Biden hates the United States. I think Biden's a crook. I think he's done a lot of things underhand and shady and enriched himself and his family, but I don't think he has this hatred, but I think he's really trying to, he's, as we said before, he is manipulated by different groups. He changes with the wind and whatever the tone is at the time. He never actually has a backbone and stands up for anything. He just kind of goes with whatever the flow is at the time. And that seems like the right thing to do, whether it's a, uh, salt weapons ban, or was it, you know, borking bork, or it, it, all this stuff. All that happens because he doesn't really care about us. He doesn't care about the American people. He only cares about himself. And I don't disagree that Donald Trump cared about himself, and he was many things to many people. Not a lot of them personality traits you would really want in a in a son-in-law. But I, I don't think he hate hated America. I don't think Donald Trump hated America. I don't feel that that Obama or Biden now really cares about America. I think they just do whatever they want to enrich themselves. Well, let me ask you this. Does it really, does it really matter whether Joe Biden actively in his own mind hates America if he is surrounded by and quite willing to enable all the people in his administration who demonstrably do hate America? And what I'm talking about is, and if you think that that's hyperbole, then you should actually read the things that the so-called squad have to say about this country. And see, I'm not a America right or wrong guy, okay? I have no interest in defending America when we have been wrong. And we've been wrong a lot, 
over our history because guess what? We're a nation of human beings who are sinful and depraved, and there's not been a nation in the history of the world who hasn't committed the kinds of atrocities that would make us blanch. But my point is that the the left in this country now is openly alienated from this country, is Mm. openly hateful towards its founding ideals, and makes no bones about the fact that they want to sweep it all away as Barack Obama would put it, fundamentally transform what they consider to be a bone marrow deep iniquity in terms of an oppressive, slaveholding, genocidal, patriarchal, go down the list, xenophobic, jingoist power that needs to be scoured away. And so I don't really care whether Joe Biden in his heart of hearts doesn't believe any of this because he is allowing these people to implement every single policy that would support that view. So to me, it's a distinction without a difference. You're, you're correct. And I, I, I don't want to dislike our leadership. We, we pray every week and we pray in our home um, for the leadership of our country, whether it's local state, national, because I think they, they need our prayers. And even on Sunday night, I'm sitting with my daughter doing her prayers and she's praying for the, the people of Afghanistan. And she actually let a prompting and said, help, help to reach the bad men, help them to understand what they're doing is wrong and help them not to want to do these things and to stop doing them. Now it, it may be naive and you can say that, but I think it's it's a valid prayer to say, you know, soften their hearts, soften the hearts of these people, whether it's our leaders or the leaders in other countries, soften their hearts to be I, I, not what they are. I mean, that's probably the best way to put it, because I, I wouldn't say be good people, um, but be better than they are currently. And I want to believe that our leadership doesn't necessarily want to destroy us. But their actions, as I said earlier, actions to me speak louder than words, and their actions look as though they want to destroy America uh, for whatever purpose. And they can say they want to re- reshape well, again, it. Well, again, I think it's not a question of them seeking – they don't view it as destroying America. They sure. view it as a reimagining, a, a complete restructuring of what America is. But I will tell you, Chad, that it is, and that is that is something that I think right now, particularly over the last seventy two hours, I'm struggling with in terms of my own heart and and how I am feeling towards Joe Biden, perhaps in the same way that a lot of people feel about Donald Trump. But I will say this: when you have the level of mendacity uh, exhibited by Joe Biden to, for instance, come out and say in a speech that the legislation that's being proposed by various Republican legislatures relating to election integrity is basically the worst thing that's happened in the country since the Civil War. Well, I'm sorry, but that that statement is scurrilous and, yeah. and entirely indefensible. It is not just because it's it's a lie. It's and it's yeah. it's demagoguery and it's the worst sort of demagoguery. Remember how our friend always used to talk about how Trump <laughs> has ushered in this era of incivility and therefore uh, it's almost like. Remember what a lot of people used to say about uh, the death of uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy uh, and mm-hmm. most of them on the left, where they they said there was um there was an animating spirit of hatred, almost like a, a cloud over Dallas. That was fomented by all of those wicked, right, Republican extremists. And our friend has a habit of talking in this fashion that that somehow not only Donald Trump, but a lot of these very hateful evangelicals have created a situation in the country where hate, hate is triumphing as if as if this is some novel thing. And yet his blinders are so thick, he can't see what's being spewed every day uh, 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 on the left. Uh, But apparently that's all because of Donald Trump. But the point I'm making is that it's not for me a question of whether or not they want to destroy the country, but they are being brazenly dishonest about what they are doing. As, As I observe them, they are actively fomenting 
racial division and strife because it benefits them at the polls. Mm -hmm. And what do you say, literally, what do you say about an administration? Remember, we had all the hand-wringing, all of the moral (laughs) indignation and outrage about the kids in cages under Trump, okay? We haven't even talked about this. We don't have time to get into it on this podcast, but you have an administration that is allowing somewhere around 200,000 people a month. That's about the current number, which is staggering and unprecedented. And on the one hand, it is issuing ever more uh, completely inconsistent and autocratic edicts about COVID. On the other hand, it is allowing a flood of people, many of whom are never tested, who are positive for COVID, and they are placing them willy-nilly throughout the interior of this country in direct contravention of all of their protestations about the dangers of this pandemic. What are we to conclude about people who are doing that? And how are we to conclude that that is being done at some level of good faith? Can you tell me? I I cannot tell you. I'm glad you brought up the COVID testing. Um, There was a report on Sunday, the commercial planes in Kabul we're not allowing people on the planes that hadn't tested negative for COVID. Let that sink in for a second. These are people fleeing for their lives. And you're saying you haven't been tested for COVID. You can't get on this plane. Wow. To me, that's well, and better, have, better, better decapitated than a potential super spreader. That, that, that to me is you, you got to be kidding me. You could stand there with a straight face and say, no, you can't get on because you don't have a COVID test. Really? I mean, and I, I saw the picture of the, what the almost 700 people plucked into a C-17 trying to get out of the country that, you know, it was elbow room only to, to sit in the back, the back of the cargo hold. I, I don't know what it takes to be that type of a person. And I don't want to ever be that person. I don't ever want to be... Married to, living with, no being in social contact with somebody, that horrible to me. That, that's a, that's, those are just, we take what we hear from our leaders, and I think you have to look at everything with a jaundiced eye. I don't think we can, we've lost, and, and this isn't in my lifetime, I've lost the innocence of thinking our leaders actually knew what they were doing. It happened a long time ago, but Every day I'm bombarded by information that I know to be false and it's said with a straight face from whatever talking head happens to be spouting or whatever administration official says it. And it happened under Trump too. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't know how those people sleep at night when they know they're lying. They know they're lying and we know they're lying and they keep doing it as though they're not lying. Fauci calling out Rand Paul saying, I'm offended. You're a lying. You have wrong information. You're lying as he's lying to the Congress. I mean, is that not bizarre at best that that's the part that I'm struggling with? But but here's, here's the thing we have for decades created a culture, uh, largely through our educational system, which believes that uh, post what is postmodernism chad postmodernism is moral relativism there are no absolute truths there are only power structures so in some respects why are we surprised uh that that any of these people feel some obligation to tell the truth about anything it's all simply a matter of evaluating means and ends. And Dr. Fauci has actually admitted this when he was confronted with the lies that he told about PPE. And his explanation was essentially, listen, yeah, I'm sorry, but look, I'm a smart person and I have to figure out how to cajole the lemmings into doing what they should do. I was concerned that we were going to overrun resources. And so sure, I had to tell a noble fib because you know what? You people just can't be trusted with the truth. Me, on the other hand, I have many credentials and degrees and education, and so I get to determine when the truth is necessary and when it's not. And we have an entire 
group of people who are running this country who operate in that fashion. Barack Obama operated that way. And so why would we expect them to value truth when their entire belief system denies that that's really even a thing? You're right. And I don't, I don't know how to get past it. And I don't know that I can get past it, but I, I have a great level of distrust for anybody in government authority because I don't trust that they have my interest at heart. They have their own interest at heart. And that, that's probably been the case forever, but it's this, this, this situation in Afghanistan just shows you how much, how little most of us matter to those in power. It doesn't see, here's how I look at it. Biden even said this, I think it was today or yesterday. They're not going to prioritize getting those 11,000 Americans out of Afghanistan. They're not going to prioritize that. So if they're not going to prioritize 11,000 Americans that they possibly could get out or should have gotten out, what are they going to do for us? Do, do we matter here in this country? Do we matter to those in power? And if we don't, why do we keep electing them to office? Why do we keep them in power when we obviously do not matter to them? Now, it doesn't mean that the alternative, the other candidate we matter anymore to that candidate, but we know for a fact that these people, Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about us at all. She shows that every time she speaks, every time she stands at the podium, every time she answers questions, every time she goes gets her hair done for her when it's not for everybody else, they don't care about us. Why do we continue to care about them? Now, I'm not advocating any, th- any revolutions or anything, but I'm, I'm tired of constantly worrying about, poll numbers and whether Dr. Fia has a clue what he's talking about, or is he so blinded to his anti-Trump hate that he will take anything that's not Trump and say, it's great. The presidential speech is great. Biden's great. Actually having a ban on abortions keeps abortions from happening, or not having a ban on abortions keeps abortions from happening. I don't know. I still don't understand his logic on that. I'm, I'm tired of, of the people out there just constantly spewing garbage and expecting me to think it's okay. And maybe we fall in that camp. I'm not going to say we don't, but they don't, but they're to the point where they don't expect you to think it's okay. It doesn't really matter what you think. And, And I think the shift has become, it's the, they know that, you know, that they know they're lying and it doesn't matter because many of them do hold, hold us in, contempt. Not all of them. There's honorable people uh, in politics, but the system itself uh, has become so corrupted. And and I, I say this all the time. You want to eliminate the graft and the corruption and the money from politics? Well, then make government much, much less powerful and make yeah. these people not be able to use their positions to enrich themselves to the point where the only thing that they care about is retaining their power so that they can continue feather bedding themselves for the next three decades. And if politics became more like the founders had envisioned, which was essentially an obligation that they would have been astonished uh, and (laughs) appalled, number one, at the duration of the political terms, you know, these generational families that just basically have inherited legislative seats and the amount of money that people are making on the backs of the American taxpayer. When you have people now, of course, many people, particularly in the Senate, are already wealthy, but but there are stories constantly of people like Harry Reid, who was a man of relatively middle class, modest income, and yet somehow spent several decades in government and became rich as a sultan. And yeah. this will continue as long as the perception is, which is a correct perception, that the government is powerful enough to reward those who reward the people who are governing us. And that's the only way this is ever going to end. And of course, there's one party in this country that has no inclination to do anything except steroidally enhance the size and the scope and the reach of government, which is going to continue to exacerbate this problem. Yeah. I, you say one party. I don't think either party 
I think one is further down that road, but I don't think either party. I, I, is I actually, I actually agree with you. And and we perhaps in the next show can also talk a little bit more in depth about uh, the disgrace that is the uh, the budget and the <laughs> stimulus plans and and yeah. the feckless the feckless Republican. Uh, essentially curling into the fetal position, allowing this to go through. Uh, the, I mean, there there are so many things going on right now in terms of the economy, in terms of the border, that now, of course, Afghanistan with foreign policy. Uh, it's, it's literally like some sort of epic disaster movie. Yeah. And I think that we're going to be just wait, just wait till the next round of justifications for more lockdowns. Uh, because you know what, listen, yeah, I know we said yesterday that the vaccines worked, but no, now, now, now you're going to need your booster shots and you still need to keep wearing your masks. And by the way, there's a new variant. So we really think you should probably close your businesses for another three months. That's coming. I, I, I think that is, it is coming because there are too many people who have a vested interest in continuing to exercise social control. And the next step of that is going to be justifying the use of those powers for other invented emergencies like the environmental crisis and the white rage crisis and the gun, the assault weapon crisis. There are so many crises that we're going to need to exploit in the name of protecting the American people from themselves. You are correct. And one other thing, lump on that heap is uh, rent forgiveness for people who haven't paid rent in over a year. Um, yeah. Yes. That's, and, uh, and this is yet another question for people like Dr. Fia, who rendered his garments about the tyranny of Donald Trump. So Joe Biden has admitted, has openly admitted, just like his bro, Barack Obama, that he lacks the constitutional authority to declare that essentially I am nullifying all rent contracts across the country and allowing people to continue to squat and not pay rent. Well, because it's just an emergency and I think it's a good idea and I have my Royal scepter. And so that's the way it's going to be. Now, I don't think that I've seen a single word written by our friend who continually lamented and screamed to high heaven about the alleged, uh, tyranny and atrocities to the constitution committed by Donald Trump. And yet here we have the president who has openly conceded, that he is acting lawlessly in doing this. And surprise, surprise, the crickets are deafening. Because yeah. you know what? As long as they agree with the ends, they don't care. Yep. They've never yep. cared about the constitutional principles involved. They only cared that the wrong guy might violate them and do something they disagree with. As long as our team is the one violating the constitution for a good cause, let's get out our pom-poms. Yeah. So we will, that's a preview of some, something to come in the future. Uh, obviously it depends on what's happening right before we go on again. Uh, but another teaser Congress, there's people in Congress right now trying to figure out how to get to your 401k because it's unfair that you have so much in your 401ks when some people have so little. So that's a preview. Well, that's been what, that's been a uh, that's been on the wish list of Elizabeth Warren for years. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, that's that's circling back again. What's old yeah. is new again. Well, any any way to to pry money out of your pocket, they will find a loophole to do so to keep you from keeping whatever you've earned. Well, Chad, so. you can't blame them, right? I mean, we're, we're on the cusp of spending, what, $6 trillion? Yes. Where do you think the money's going to come from? I mean, I know AOC I, thinks it comes from the money tree and perhaps yeah. the lockbox, but you're just going to have to stop being selfish and dig into your wallet. Well, yeah, um, I, I was told by reliable sources that Biden was able to fund this $6 trillion that will take 15 years to fund and it's going to be spent in eight. So sure. Whatever that means. 
those are, those I are thought to come. It was revenue. I thought it was revenue neutral, Chad. Are you telling me that the sure. government is lying again, that we're being lied to, that it's not paid for? Please tell me it's not paid for. Have you, have you ever seen the GAO come out with an accurate representation of anything, any program's cost ever? Well, if I've you not. want to actually have a really a really fun time is go ahead and look back, and you can find these numbers of what the projections were for Social Security and Medicare. And <laughs> yes. then take a look now at, yes. at what they represent in terms of non-discretionary spending. And that will yeah. tell you all you need to know about whether you should rely on government projections about <laughs> entitlement programs. I'll so give you I'll a give clue. They were a little bit off. So Social Security was instituted in the 30s. They could not have anticipated the baby boom, but Medicare was instituted in the 60s after the baby boom. So they should have known better, and they didn't. No excuses. I don't want to hear any complaints about that. We'll talk about those in a future episode, but anything else to, to add before we go, Tony? No, I think we've, uh, I think we've covered enough. Yeah, just uh, my ask would be be praying for the people in Afghanistan. Um, they're going to endure uh, some time, some very tough times, um, and some of the, many of them will not survive. So, um, be praying for them and their families and the communities of uh, people out other parts of the, co- the world that uh, have loved ones there. So, thank you for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. <laughs> This has been a Hannah Tree production.